Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to the Health Courage Collective Podcast, episode 112. Create your own motivation. Welcome to the Health Courage Collective Podcast, the show for women who are too busy to slog through hours of generalized, inapplicable, and often contradictory health information, but too smart to ignore that a few minutes of focused attention now can prevent years of suffering in the future. I'm your host, Christina Hackett, a pharmacist who doesn't want you to live on prescriptions, a certified coach specifically trained to maximize your potential, and a compulsive learner obsessed with preventative, cutting-edge, holistic, and integrative medicine. I'm on a mission to increase your physical and mental resilience so you can fearlessly look forward to your next 40-plus limitless years. Your time is now. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome to the podcast. I hope someone has told you how great you are already today. If not, I'm happy to be the first one. I think you are great for caring about your ability to show up powerfully and give the world all you've got for decades to come. The world needs your contributions. Don't do anything that will cause you to hold them back. When you've got an intelligent personal plan in place running on autopilot, you are able to lift your attention above the day-to-day time suck of millions of choices and the tug of war with willpower and the vigilance needed to manage and worry about chronic issues. It's very freeing and can also be pretty enjoyable. So how is your quest for success? Have you stopped caring about it? Can you see how focusing elsewhere might allow success to show up in your life as a byproduct of your process? Today, we're going to talk about motivation. If we're here to optimize our resilience and end up abnormally healthy in our 80s, we know we're going to need to do some things differently than what's normal, right? A challenge to that can be to stay motivated to act abnormally now when the normal is the easy default and the rewards for the more difficult abnormal behavior are waiting for us 40 years down the road. Wikipedia defines motivation as the reason to initiate, continue, or terminate a behavior at a given time. Motivational states are commonly understood as forces acting within the agent that create a disposition to engage in goal-directed behavior. Why might our disposition to engage in goal-directed behavior dwindle? Why aren't we all thrilled to go to bed at 9.45 p.m., wake up at 6.30 a.m., eat kale, save money, and do cardio? It's logical. It should be a no-brainer. Do you love equations? (laughs) I do. I could balance chemistry equations all day. I think it's fun to figure out where all those electrons went. 
But even more than that, I love life equations. I'm collecting them in a special notebook that I have. Genius, achievement, self-efficacy, etc. One of the main equations is the motivation equation. When you're kind of stalled and feeling like your motivation is lacking, you can run the motivation equation and get back in motion. Pretty cool. The equation was made by a research scientist named Pierce Steele after analyzing hundreds of studies on motivation. He boiled it all down to an equation that anyone can use for anything they need motivation for. So they can, as he puts it, stop putting things off and start getting things done. Okay, here's the equation. Motivation equals expectancy times value over or divided by impulsivity times delay. Exciting, right? It can be once you see how to actually use it in your everyday life. If you want high motivation for anything, all you need is a high numerator and a low denominator. So for high motivation, you want to perceive a high value from doing it and have high expectancy that you can do it and have minimal impulsivity and minimal delay. Easy. Maybe. (laughs) Let's say you have a goal to be metabolically fit on a cellular level so that you're much more likely to be able to sidestep most of the chronic diseases of aging. That's one of the best goals I think you can have, in my opinion. I want you to thrive on a cellular level and spend your significant increased energy dealing with different life challenges than fatigue, aches and pains, brain fog, and the management of chronic illness. So if one of your tactics for achieving the goal of ongoing metabolic health is to eat fewer simple carbs, then that's a great part of your plan. But what if it feels hard and you're struggling with motivation? Enter the motivation equation. Motivation equals expectancy times value divided by impulsivity times delay. What's your expectancy or confidence that you can actually achieve a state of optimal metabolic health? Do you really, truly, deep down believe that you can actually do it? This is important because if you don't think it's possible for whatever reason, of course your motivation will be low. So check in here. If your expectancy is really high, then great. If not, why not? Do you believe it's not possible for any human or that it's possible for some people, just not for you? If so, what you need is a little more confidence. We can get you there. I'd love to work with you to flip your script and elevate what you believe is possible for you. Go to my website, www.healthcouragecollective.com if you want to borrow some of my belief in you as we work together to build your belief in yourself. The quick and dirty is that confidence is trust in ourselves, not trust that things will all go magically well or that we'll perform perfectly, but that we have the ability to deal with difficulty and imperfection. Our trust in organizations and systems and people, including ourselves, only develops over time. So it'll take some time to develop your trust in yourself, and that's okay. It's better than okay. There might need to be some simplifying of the goal or establishment of mile markers along the way, like mini goals on the way to the big one, to build up our expectancy. Perfect. It can be like Russian nesting dolls, the big goal with a smaller one inside it that will get you there and a smaller one inside that one and so on, all on the path to the one big goal. And there needs to be a measurable task that you're committed to doing no matter what. It might be logging your food and reviewing your sugar and carb intake each day. And if that feels too big, no problem, start smaller. 
I guarantee that there's something that will work. Expectancy. It's important. Hey, quick question. Have you ever tried blue light filtering glasses yet? You probably know that the blue light coming out of all your screens can strain and possibly damage your eyes. So protecting your eyes is a good idea. I've tried a few different kinds of blue light filtering glasses over the years, but lately my eyes were physically aching after looking at screens. So I got a pair of glasses from iBuyDirect with sight relax lenses that are designed to relieve eye strain in addition to blocking blue light. They have a really subtle magnification at the bottom, which I wasn't sure I would like, but I really do. And the lenses are a lot more clear. I always felt like my other blue light lenses were never all the way clean. If you've never tried iBuyDirect, there's a link in the show notes for $10 off your first pair of glasses that you can use in addition to 15% off your first pair. They have great deals on prescription glasses and sunglasses in addition to blue light glasses. And they have so many different kinds of frames to choose from, from really conservative ones to really bold. My sight relax glasses look like tortoiseshell, but it's actually little flowers on the frame. Cute. Okay, back to the episode. Next up is value. This is probably a more logical place to start than expectancy, honestly. What good is your belief in your ability to achieve something if you don't actually care about it, right? This is your burning desire, your why, if you will. If you say you want it because it's the right answer, you feel like you should want it, but you really don't, that's good to know. You don't have to want something just because other people say that you should want it. You shouldn't be your own you. But for the sake of our example, if you believe that metabolic health is beneficial to your future self, but you're just not really feeling it, you genuinely want it, but you're not there yet, that's helpful to know. No shame there, then you know where to focus. I think getting specific can be really beneficial here. A fuzzy concept of being, quote, metabolically healthy might not feel super magnetic or exciting. How can you move from the abstract notion to something that is real and alive for you? Showing a corn dog food truck vendor your blood glucose number or getting an attagirl from the lab technician might not feel valuable enough. Is there something that does? What about being an awesome storyteller with impeccable memory for your great grandkids in 2070? You can tell them all about being a kid in the 80s. Station wagons with seats that faced backwards, jelly shoes, units, clothing, waterbeds, cabbage patch dolls, memorizing phone numbers, (laughs) waiting in line to rent movies at Blockbuster. That was good stuff. Maybe you want to be able to sleep well or have a stable mood, improved athletic performance, reduced feelings of hunger and cravings, reduced inflammation and chronic pain significantly reduced risks for cancer, cardiovascular disease, and all of the other diseases of aging, keeping up with your kids and future grandkids, being easily able to travel, having energy and stamina to be able to volunteer, whatever it is that's really powerful to you. Again, I think starting here and using what you care about to create your goals makes the most sense. Alrighty, so our expectancy and our value make our numerator. We get that as high as we can, but our motivation will be eroded if we have a high denominator. We want our impulsivity and delay as low as possible in order to maximize our motivation. What do you know of that sabotages your focus? Is there something that you can think of that tends to get you off track? Push notifications, news stories, emails, kids. 
what interdicts your good intentions? If you were focusing on metabolic flexibility, could it be your super sweet coworker who likes to surprise you with a donut? Running around busy all day and realizing at 2 p.m. that you're starving and all there is available for a quick lunch is bread or crackers? What algorithms can you set up so that you're prepared ahead of time for these saboteurs? We talked about this a few weeks ago when we talked about reactive discipline setting you free. Also, engineering your environment could be really beneficial here. If you're trying to keep your motivation high as you complete a project, eliminating distractions and potential distractions from your sphere of existence will improve your motivation and ability to complete your project. I know you know this, but do you actually do it? Do you actually leave your phone in the other room? Silence all your notifications or lock the door to your room? Small as it seems, it really can matter. Lastly, in our equation, we have delay. In our metabolic health example, this could possibly be the biggest deal. A great way to erode your motivation for anything is to make the goal super far down the road. My whole premise as a health span coach is to get you to think far down the road. Acting in a way that will serve far down the road you is what will change everything. So this needs to be considered. It's very possible that your motivation is floundering because the delay is decades long. This is where setting up those mileposts or mini goals on the path to the big goal can be so helpful. They can also help with expectancy. Next time you're lacking motivation, ask yourself if this might be the problem. Maybe you need a stepping stone with a shorter timeline. With our metabolism example, what might you do along the way to becoming an abnormally active and disease-resistant 80-year-old? I think a continuous glucose monitor is a fantastic tool for the in-the-minute data plus being able to show you trends over time. But that's not the only option. I like my Lumen device that measures whether you're burning fats or carbs at that moment. You could also do macro counting goals or subjectively rate your energy levels. There are lots of options, but the point is to pick something that sounds fun to you and doesn't have a huge delay. I think the biggest motivator for me about anything is progress. Seeing little changes right now is huge. So setting yourself up in a way to be able to notice your progress right now, even tiny and tiny amounts, is a game changer. This ties into the most important element of behavior design. Do you remember what it is? It's been a while since we talked about it. <laughs> it ties into another equation, told you I like them. Behavior equals MAP. Behavior happens when motivation, ability, and prompt converge at the same moment. To engineer your behavior, you need an anchor, a prompt, and a celebration. The celebration is the most important part. So that's the long-winded answer to what I was trying to get at. In terms of delay, we don't want the achievement of the goal to be way far away, but we also don't want the celebration to be very far away. Celebrate now, like you mean it. In his book, Tiny Habits, BJ Fogg says, celebration will one day be ranked alongside mindfulness and gratitude as daily practices that contribute most to our overall happiness and well-being. If you learn just one thing from my entire book, I hope it's this. Celebrate your tiny successes. This one small shift in your life can have a massive impact even when you feel there is no way up or out of your situation. Celebration is your lifeline, end quote. When you celebrate with joyful intensity immediately after doing your desired behavior, 
It teaches your brain to encode the new behavior as a desirable habit. This is because logic doesn't create habits. Emotions create habits. We also know that we don't make decisions based on logic. We think we do, but we don't. We make decisions based on emotions. No matter how logical we think we are and how many spreadsheets we make to impassively evaluate the pros and cons of a decision, we decide based on how we feel. There's a Harvard professor named Gerald Zaltman who wrote a book called How Customers Think, where he talks about his studies that show that customers purchased based on emotions, whether they realized it or not. And he says that it's the same for all the decisions we make. He says that our subconscious decision is communicated to the conscious mind via an emotion. And then the conscious mind searches for rational reasons and that's how we complete the circle. We justify our emotional signals with logical reasons. Do you believe that to be true? When making decisions, especially purchasing decisions, I can see it in myself now that I know about it, and I think it's useful to know. When I first learned about it, I was like, oh no, how do I fight back? What's my battle strategy here? But over the years, I've come to realize that just knowing that that's what's going on is enough to feel good. My husband and I bought a car in April, so not that long ago, considering that our previous two car purchases were 13 and 17 years ago. <laughs> and I could very clearly observe myself closing the loop by rationalizing my intuitive emotional reactions. Pretty interesting. Have you heard of Dr. Michelle Seeger before? She's a research scientist who studies what motivates people to choose and maintain healthy behaviors. Perfect for today's topic. She wrote a great book called No Sweat about how to maintain a lifetime of physical activity. I've talked about this before, but it's worth repeating. Dr. Seeger talks about a study she did where she compared people's reasons for exercising with their actual performed exercise. She asked people their reasons or goals for exercising, then why they cared about those particular benefits. 75% of the people said they exercised for weight loss or better future health. The other 25% exercised in order to improve the quality of their life today. Then they measured how much the people exercised over the course of a year. The vast majority of people whose goals were weight loss and better health spent the least amount of time exercising, 32% less. The 25% of people who exercised for their quality of life that day exercised more. She thinks it's because we're hardwired for immediate gratification and because we make decisions based on how we feel, not what's most logical. Of course, exercising is the logical choice. It's the one thing that has been proven in study after study after study after study to definitively increase your health span and lifespan and make your life better in every appreciable way. Full stop. But when we don't want to do it, we're really good at coming up with other urgent and vital tasks that we need to do instead. She talks about how losing weight and getting healthier are too fuzzy of goals and too far into the future. Even though they're good reasons, they're too logical. Doing something for the immediate gratification of feeling more energized or centered today is a much more effective reason because it's emotional. It makes exercise feel like a gift rather than a chore. You're serving yourself right now, today, rather than slaving away doing something miserable today for a hoped-for and non-guaranteed possible distant future reward. Can you see how this might work for you? What about for our example of creating better overall metabolic health? That particular goal is good. 
No, it's not. It is great. One of the most important things you can do, but it's also logical and fuzzy and pretty far distant. So in order to engineer some motivation into your everyday and finally start moving the needle, you'll need to focus on something more immediate, something specific, and something that's instantly gratifying in some way. I find numerical data very gratifying, so measuring my metabolism with my Lumen device checks this box for me. I've had a little bit of a frustrating time with it for the past few weeks, which is also good because I'm learning what is locking me out of morning fat burn and how long it takes me to get back there. If you pay close attention to how you feel, I think it would be pretty easy to make the connection between how you feel after eating junk food or sugar bomb type food compared to how you feel when you don't. How do you feel when you hit your macronutrient targets? Remember, you're going to make decisions based on your emotions. So if the emotional reward of eating a cinnamon roll is higher than the emotional reward of refusing a cinnamon roll, you're going to have a rough time. How can you make the emotions of metabolically healthy choices more compelling? Celebration can play a big part. Don't forget to celebrate every time you make a choice that you want to become a daily habit. Maybe you can figure out exactly what emotional reward you get from metabolically unhealthy food and figure out an alternate activity or item that can give you that same emotion instead, like cryotherapy or a massage or string cheese or something. I do think picking something measurable that you can track over time is huge. Progress is hugely motivating. What specifically can you track? Hemoglobin A1C, fasting insulin level, blood sugar, muscle mass, grip strength, VO2 max. You don't want to mess up a good streak and it feels good to be able to tell that you're on the right path and moving in the right direction. I hope you've been able to come up with a few ideas of your own that you can use to boost your motivation at will. Do you remember the equation? We want a high expectancy. We need to believe they were actually able to do the thing that we want to have motivation to do. We might need to adjust the goal to something that we can muster some expectancy for. It can still be really hard. We just need to know that with struggle and effort and hard work, it's actually possible. We also need to deeply value the thing we want to do. It has to be something that we really, really, really want. Not something that other people say that we should want. Something that matters to us in a meaningful way. Then we need to decrease our impulsivity, remove distractions, and think ahead of time about what tends to trip us up. Engineer an environment that makes it easy to do what's important to us. And we also need to make sure our delay isn't too long chunk down to mini goals on the path to the macro goal. Make the connections of how doing what we want to do makes our life better today. Celebrate with joyful intensity every time you do your desired behavior. Connect the desired behavior to a rewarding emotion. You make all your decisions based on emotions anyway. You might as well use that to your advantage. What emotion do you most want to feel? What can you do related to your goal that generates that emotion? It might take some trial and error, but I do think you can find a way to create motivation to live the life that you want to live rather than wait around for motivation to come find you because it probably won't. Or if it does, it might tragically come in a catastrophic and terrifying way. I don't want that for you. You totally have the power to take control of your motivation and your results. I would love to help you. Come to my website, healthcouragecollective.com and get in touch. I'd be thrilled to hear from you.
Next week, we're going to talk about stress recovery. Until then, construct your own motivation and don't be normal. Thank you so much for tuning into the Health Courage Collective podcast. I am truly honored that you have paid me the enormous compliment of your time and attention. I would be so grateful if you would share this podcast with someone you know and subscribe so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for entertainment and information purposes only. Statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Christina Hackett and producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse events by use of information contained herein. If you think you have a medical problem, 